Exactly. So. Who the devil are you? Don't panic. Just come up with a good story. My name is Mr. Burns. Excellent. Hoo hoo hoo! I'm back, baby. Woof. And did I have a really nice break? I did. Oh my goodness. I was away for two weeks for a wedding in India for my good friends Carla and Arjun. So congrats, guys, if you're listening to this. Although hopefully you're already on your honeymoon. So um, yeah, so over the past couple of weeks, I lost my voice completely. And while I was in India, I was really upset I didn't bring my microphone over because I could have recorded an entire episode with a jazz voice. Hmm. Oh, you don't have to go to all that trouble just for me. Anyway, sorry, I should introduce myself. So hi. My name is Perry, and this is the Hello, Mr. Burns podcast, a Simpsons research podcast to help you win pub trivia. Awesome. Okay, so the episode today we're going to be tackling is Season 2, Episode 9, and it's called Itchy and Scratchy and Marge. Oh, my. So Itchy and Scratchy and Marge is an acclaimed episode that dealt with censorship issues and really like allowed the writers to insert several Itchy and Scratchy cartoons, which amongst the writing team was their favorite thing to write. This is the first episode in The Simpsons to have Marge's name in the title. Um, and it's got some really cute moments throughout. So you'll see it's, um, I personally really liked seeing behind the scenes at Itchy and Scratchy Studios. That was really cool seeing all the writers. And I found out that most of the characters in this episode that are writers are based off the real life writers. So that's why they look a little bit more human than the classic Simpsons character look. So in this episode, Marge is inspired to embark on a censorship campaign against Itchy and Scratchy after Maggie hits Homer on the head with a mallet. Alrighty, Rue, should we get into the episode synopsis? I think we shall. Oh, and as per the last episode, if you want to jump right ahead to the first discussion, now's your chance. If not, hmm. Strap in, let's go. Mm-hmm. A dash of rosemary, a smidgen of thyme, a pinch of marjoram. You know, Marge, you make the best pork chops in the whole world. The episode begins with Homer attempting to build a spice rack for Marge. While he's busy in the basement building it, Maggie sneaks up on him and bonks him on the head with a mallet. <laughs> As the family sit around and try to figure out where Maggie got this violent idea from, Marge notices that the kids are watching the Itchy and Scratchy cartoon. Marge immediately decides to blame the show for Maggie's decision to be a violent baby, and she decides to put a household ban on the kids watching Itchy and Scratchy. God bless Bart and Lisa, they just go to their friend's house to watch the cartoon. Meanwhile, Marge sits down to write a letter to the producers of the show and basically asks them to tone down their violence. In response, the CEO of Itchy and Scratchy International, Roger Myers Jr., writes a letter to Marge. Take a letter, Miss White. Dear valued viewer, thank you for taking an interest in the Itchy and Scratchy program. Enclosed is a personally autographed photo of America's favorite cat and mouse team to add to your collection. In regards to your specific comments about the show, our research indicates that one person cannot make a difference, no matter how big a screwball she is. So let me close by saying... And the horse I rode in on... I'll show them what one screwball can do. Marge decides to form an angry mob known as Springfieldians for Nonviolence, Understanding and Helping, or SNA, which kind of reminds me of S-P-E-W, which I always pronounced as Spew from Harry Potter. And then I listened to the audiobook, and God bless Stephen Fry, he like every single time he's like S-P-E-W. So this uh, so SNA and Marge's angry mob gains momentum, and soon more and more people join the group, 
and they start to picket the Krusty the Clown show. So Marge spends more and more time at these protests. Meanwhile, at home, the family is beginning to fall apart. They're stuck with TV dinners and Homer is just beside himself with stress. Marge ends up appearing on uh, Kent Brockman's show, Smartline, and she ends up confronting Roger Myers over the violence. And in the nine seconds she's allowed to speak, she says this. I'd like to ask all the parents in Springfield who are concerned about this to write in and let the cartoon makers know how you feel. Thank you. After being absolutely inundated with letters, a little bit like in Harry Potter when he's trying to get his acceptance letter. Oh my God, why am I thinking so much about Harry Potter? I have no idea. Anyway, Myers ends up accepting defeat and he decides to tone down Itchy and Scratchy. Of course, Itchy and Scratchy Without the Violence is the most boring show in the world. And as the kids lose interest in watching cartoons and begin to head outside more, Springfield feels a little bit better. The sun is shining, kids are playing and doing wholesome activities, and Marge is finally content knowing that she's made a difference. Meanwhile, we see some uh, art curators in Italy discussing Michelangelo's David and the uh, world tour they're planning to have, which interestingly stops by Springfield. The members of SNA begin urging Marge to protest the sculpture, insisting that the sculpture is offensive and unsuitable. Mm, but that's Michelangelo's David. It's a masterpiece. It's filth. It graphically portrays parts of the human body, which practical as they may be, are evil. But I like that statue. <gasps> I told you she was soft on full frontal nudity. Come on, girls. Dr. Marvin Monroe starts capitalizing on this hypocrisy and begins to ask Marge how can she believe it's wrong to censor one form of art, but not another. To which Marge is forced to admit that she can't and admits defeat. She chooses to give up her anti-cartoon violent protests, which in the end results in Itchy and Scratchy immediately turning to air. So now the playgrounds and backyards of Springfield are empty as the kids sit in front of the idiot box day after day watching violent cartoons. Homer and Marge decide to go and see the statue of David, and they're the only two in the museum. Um, she is a little bit sad, and she does talk to Homer about how she thinks it's such a tragedy that the kids wouldn't be able to see one of the most noted masterpieces in world history. But, you know, instead they're cooped up watching a cat and a mouse disembowel each other. However, she does cheer up when Homer tells her, Don't worry, Marge. Pretty soon, every boy and girl at Springfield Elementary School is going to come and see this thing. Really? Why? They're forcing them! <laughs> oh. Well, isn't that nice? So this episode, of course, like, obviously, it's dealing with censorship and whether or not children should be watching shows that are violent and whether or not that's kind of corrupting the youth of today. Um, for the record, I watched a lot of violent cartoons. In fact, when I was about 10, I watched a beheading on Live Lake and I'm absolutely fine. Look at me go. Anyway, so I was interested to find out that this episode was actually inspired by real life events. So this whole episode is inspired by a person named Terry Ricolta, who protested the Fox Network over the show Married with Children. So Terry Ricolta um, is an American former anti-obscenity activist. Um, and she's best known for this boycott against the show Married with Children, which happened in 1989. Ricolta, who lives in Michigan, is um, a staunch Mormon, and she was actually married to the former ambassador of the United Arab Emirates during the Trump administration. In her Wikipedia, because yes, she has her own Wikipedia just about this protest, uh, her sister, Ronna Romney, is a Republican political activist and radio talk show host who was formerly married to Scott Romney, the son of former Michigan Governor George Romney and brother of former Massachusetts Governor and current Senator Mitt Romney. 
I'm not American, but I recognize those names. So I, 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 I'm just going to assume that that's quite a profound thing. Anyway, so the episode in mention that she was very upset about was, um, was called Her Cups Runneth Over. And you've got to understand that Married with Children was at the time like quite a cheeky, a um, little bit of a naughty TV show. Like it was one of those sort of raunchy sitcoms back in the day when we didn't really have raunchy sitcoms. Of course, like now this episode, if you watch it back, it's a little bit lame. It is a little bit misogynistic, but you, you just, that's harmless, right? So in this episode, Peg becomes depressed on her birthday because she discovers that her favorite bra has been discontinued. Al and Steve decide to go and buy her a new bra to make her happy. And they discover that her favorite bra is still being sold at a lingerie store called Francine's of Wisconsin. Pretty harmless, right? And um, you can find these clips on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, they're about like this. Oh, 36C. You're a lucky man. Yeah, if they came out of cart. <laughs> Just give me 10. Yeah, it's that kind of stuff. Um, anyway, so what Recolta got really upset about was that she said she was offended by the images of an old man wearing a woman's garter and stockings. Uh, the scene where Steve touches the pasties of a mannequin dressed in sadomasochistic gear, clearly homosexual man wearing a tiara on his head and Al's line, and they wonder why we call them queens. And a half-nude woman who takes her bra off in front of Al, and she's kind of shown from the front, but she's covering her bare chest with her arms. So these were the scenes that really upset Recolta. And she began a letter-writing campaign to the advertisers, demanding that they boycott the show. Interestingly, during the original airing of the Married with Children episode, the Fox satellite blew out and the entire west coast of the United States completely missed the first act. What are you doing? I'm cataloging the violence in these cartoons. I don't think adults have ever actually sat down and watched them before. (laughs) In the beginning of the episode, of course, we see Maggie hitting Homer over the head with a mallet. Um, And this is actually a shot-for-shot extensive parody of the famous shower scene from Psycho. Um, And in it, you'll see the music and camera angles are almost exactly the same. Also, Homer's mallet still has the price tag attached. Mm, But that's Michelangelo's David. It's a masterpiece. (gasps) It's filth. Let's talk a little bit more about naked men. So um, if you've been living under a rock or if you're really unsure and you forget and you think Michelangelo might have been one of the Ninja Turtles because he was, don't get confused. There was another Michelangelo who created a masterpiece sculpture that we're going to be talking about now. David or the statue of David was created in marble between 1501 and 1504 by the Italian artist Michelangelo. Well, there he is. Michelangelo's Dave. Mm, David. Oh. Um, what really shocked me is I haven't actually seen the statue in real life, but I was looking at the measurements online. The statue of David is 5.17 meters tall. That's about 17 foot. That is gigantic. Like if you get megalophobia, I feel like the statue of David might be quite a startling experience for you. Anyway, so it's it, it's a marble statue of the biblical figure David, and it's like quite a favored subject in the art of Florence. So, of course, David the Giant Killer has been used as a political figure, especially in Florence. In fact, these political overtones led to the statue being attacked twice in its early days. So protesters pelted it with stones in the year that it debuted, and then in 1527, an anti-Medici riot resulted in his left arm being broken in three pieces. Um, So, of course, the fact that David is a five-meter-tall naked man has caused controversy throughout history because, you know, God forbid we see a wiener. 
So I had a look to see about um, the statue of David going on tour and whether or not it has been banned or considered unsightly or unsuitable in different countries. And I found out. So in 2008, there was a Michelangelo exhibition in St. Petersburg, Russia. Um, They had like a really cute little replica of the statue of David. Some residents of the city, though, began petitioning because they thought, and I quote, that naked giant deforms children's souls. What is this all about? What do you people want? We want you to get your big Italian butt out of here. In the same paragraph talking about this controversy with the statue of David, I did find honorable mention to the statue of Apollo. The statue of Apollo is pretty innocent, to be completely honest. It's basically the Greek god Apollo riding a four-horse chariot, and it's kind of just above the Bolshoi Theater in Moscow. And, like, he's naked. It's fine. So in 2011, when they ended up renovating the theater and the area around it, once they did the grand reveal, they revealed that they'd also tacked a little fig leaf on top of Apollo's junk. And this kind of divided the internet because some people were like, oh, thank God, we're so sick of looking at his junk. But then the other side of the internet was like, have you lost your damn mind? And even more ridiculous, did you know that the same statue of Apollo appears on the 100 ruble note in Russia? And you can see everything. Like, on their money, they have this guy's dick. And, like, he's not in doubt. It's not something, like, it's not impressive. You have to really squint and look at this note to see his, to see it. But, yeah, it's really weird. They covered up his dick on the statue and then they just left it on the money. In a letter to the Central Bank, the Liberal Democratic Party lawmaker, Roman Kudlyov, can't say his last name, He actually called for the removal of the classical Greek statue of Apollo, saying that the statue showed intimate parts of the body and the banknote should come with an 18 plus rating. Speaking with Reuters television in 2012, Kuridoikov said, you can clearly see that Apollo is naked. You can see his genitalia. Hmm. I want everyone to go away now and just Google um, 100 ruble note Apollo. Tell me if you can see his junk, because to me it just looks like a scribble. <laughs> you know, some of these stories are pretty good. I never knew mice lived such interesting lives. And you know what? That's the end of another episode. Ooh. I am trying to make these episodes a little shorter, sharper. So if there's something that you think we could add or remove, please let me know. Yeah, this episode was a fun one, actually. Rewatching it. It's, it's a little less funny, this episode, and it is definitely more like a political commentary or whatever you want to call it. But it's a good one. It's cute. Um, I also liked seeing inside the Itchy and Scratchy studios because all the animators are really funny. And just when they're trying to like rewrite the episode and they're asking Marge for help and she's like cutting vegetables on the phone to them. What I was going to say is the next episode we're going to be doing is another great one. This one actually is one that not a lot of people would remember. But once you start watching it, you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, I remember that. That was a good one. So next one off the chopping block is season two, episode 10. But gets hit by a car. And yeah, is that everything? I think that's everything. All right, guys. And so concludes our tale. Good night and keep watching the skis. Uh, skies.